0: Welcome to Rich in Life, a podcast for anyone looking to be entertained while picking up a few tips on life, luxury and resilience. And now your host, Rich Irani.
1: Hi, I'm Rich Irani and welcome to Rich in Life. Today my guest Sasha Charnin Morrison. She's a stylist with a career spanning over 25 years and currently the style director of CBS Watch Magazine. With all her years working in magazines, such as Vanity Fair, Harper's Bazaar, Allure, and Us Weekly, just to name a few, we finally sat down to talk about what goes on behind the scenes, such as her Devil Wears Prada days, and I don't mean as the editor, she was the abused intern and kept going back for more. We'll find out why. The celebrities that had crazy requests, such as a don't look at me policy as she was styling them, and another one wanted a live DJ on set and which celebrity just throws her Vera Wang on the floor and waits for other people to pick it up. She talks about getting over her bitter phase and what it was like meeting her idol, Elizabeth Taylor. There was so much to cover, we divided it into two parts. Please excuse any blips, we recorded it during a hurricane. Now stay tuned for part one. Hi. Oh my goodness, I saw it, huh? <gasps> hi
0: Sasha. <laughs> hi. How are you? I'm okay. We just heard something that was so crazy outside the window. Like, that sounded like a bolt of lightning hitting something.
1: It's crazy here, too. It feels apocalyptic. It's like the end of the world is coming. And I'm sitting here just doing this podcast like nothing's going on. Meanwhile, I I saw a surfer in the ocean here. I saw There's a surfer in the ocean. Yes. And there's people on the beach. They look like they're blowing over, but there's people on the beach.
0: That's nuts.
1: It is crazy. Yeah, how are you doing? Totally. I miss you. I haven't I'm seen great. you in a while. I know.
0: I know. How's the, so how is everything going? Are you, you still have the two stores?
1: No, one store. We closed Madison Avenue. Right. So I have Lexington. Okay. Yeah, okay. I have Lexington now. And um, yeah, it's going okay. More importantly, I want to know what's going on with you. You are the one that has been in this business for so long that you have all the scoop on everything and i hope we get some out of you yeah let's
0: get some so let's
1: loosen up because remember it's the end of the world anyway nobody's gonna know that's
0: right nobody gives a shit that's right
1: (laughs) nobody gives a shit is right so i'm speaking to sasha shannon morrison she is the style director for cbs watch and pretty much anything cbs right
0: just cbs watch magazine
1: Magazine, okay, the magazine. Yes. But you did. You worked for Allure. You worked for Bizarre, Seventeen, Vanity Fair, and Us Weekly, just to name a few. There's a lot more. I know you worked for the Village Voice too, but yes. you know. So Every, e- everywhere um, but
0: Foreign Driver. I haven't done that yet. But you know, there's always right.
1: You'll get around to it.
0: I'll get around I know to you. that. You're,
1: you're going to get around to that. Yeah, I know you will. Um, and you grew up in New York City, which I love. You're one of the very yes. few. Yes. Yes. And what was interesting is I didn't know this about you is that you started out as an actress yes you were in a crazy video i was it is funny i started (laughs) the same way kind of i know i did stupid things like that too i did a ketchup commercial and a levi's commercial and brad did um a madonna video Oh, although i still tell him that i don't see him in the video i always lie even though i do he's like but i'm right there the camera's on me i'm like no i don't see you that's not you it's in your head
0: that's so funny. But you know, people are more impressed with the fact that we've done those types of things than anything else. You know? Yeah. They were like, you were I think in the it's a great video? Wow, that's so crazy.
1: It's just interesting because you start off kind of in the arts or you're always in that yes. field and you kind of stay in it one way or another. You know, it was just yes. always interesting meeting different people, I guess, for you. But also, you're the author of the book
0: Secrets of Stylists. Secrets of
1: Stylists. That's right. And it's a book yep. for anyone trying to break into the celebrity and personal styling business, which That's is right. great because you're the perfect person to ask. And <laughs> um, so I want to just know how did I know this is a boring question, but it's, everyone has to know, how'd you get started in this?
0: Never. It's never boring in the, in the, um, in the fashion industry. In the styling.
1: Yes. In the fashion okay. and styling.
0: So I was in show business. I went to NYU. I got my degree in theater. I, um, I met my stepmother, who was the creative director, who who married my father um, of Vogue when I was 13, and you know I just when I saw that I went to see her in the Vogue fashion closet. That was my introduction to her. That was it. That was it. I was gonna do whatever my parents wanted me to do: go to NYU, get the degree, whatever. But I, the second that it, it was over, I was out of there. And I wanted to um, I wanted to be in fashion. I wanted to do what she did i didn 't understand what she did, but it was so glamorous and it was so cool and you know in show business, you have to you have to love every single second of it and give up your life for it and all of those things and i, I just I was too practical, my mom said. And you can't be practical in show business, you know? And I was, I was good. I wasn't outstanding. That's another thing, you have to be outstanding. But I felt like I could be outstanding using all of my skills um, from the theater world um, to, you know, move that into my life as an editor. And so I started from the bottom, and my devil wore YSL. Uh, she was awful to me. But it was great because it? it was Your my first experience. Her name, is, <laughs> her name was Marina Schiano. And Marina she was, Schiano. yep. And she mm-hmm. was this incredibly tall Brazilian lady who, um, we thought she was Italian, but I think she was more Brazilian. Anyway, so she treated me like crap. and um, And crap meaning a lot of yelling, a lot of, Uh, just real Condé Nast, putting you down, not making you feel elevated. And I was cleaning her mugs and her stuff. And and I just, I I was getting a little irritated. But, you know, I was 21. I didn't understand really anything. And she, she taught me to, you know, how not to speak to people. how to do things, how not to do things, and I really needed that as my first job in this business because it's been like over 30 years. So whatever Mm -hmm. she did to me, it was so beneficial because um, I was able to understand how to, you know, hire people, how to treat staff, how how to work with people, how to be collaborative, how to, how to, elevate myself. So that terrible job, um, turned out to be a blessing.
1: So which publication was this for?
0: Vanity Fair.
1: It was, did you ever work with Graydon Carter? Or did you know, it was with
0: the him? Tina Brown years.
1: Oh, so okay, the Tina Brown it was, years. So it was before.
0: Yeah. So it was before Graydon. It was a different Vanity Fair, you know, yeah. it was yes. very dishy. It was extremely luxurious. It was very rich. It was the Reagan era. So you know, you when that was all happening, it was just a different time. You know, it was the '80s. It was very uh, materialistic, but it was very luxurious, and so it was really fun. And um, I got fired over. I was, you know, this is always everybody always has this kind of story. I had like a hundred and two fever, or whatever, and I was helping her, you know, Marina deliver. Her Christmas presents to all of the designers on Seventh Avenue, and you know, I, there was a dog biscuit for Carolina Herrera for her puppies, and I and it, right at the top, it chipped ever so slightly. And of course, you know, <laughs> you know, craziness, yeah. and that was it.: That was it's it. very good like very a dog biscuit. Wow. very you know, in that movie, you know, Meryl Streep's choice was to kind of emulate Mike Nichols. That was her, her, the speech, and I knew Mike, and it was like, you know, so, and he's very, it was all like, very like this. Working at Connie Nast for somebody like that is not like this. It is not, you know, that this is not the delivery. The delivery is, you know, fierce and crazy, and you feel like there's really something wrong with you, um, but I loved it, you know, I you loved, loved it. <laughs> I would come back every Monday for some more of it, and, because I just loved what I was doing, and so that's why um, a lot of people don't understand that, but when you're working with these people who just have, you know, just all this experience, and who they've worked with, and, you know, that, this woman was Yves Saint Laurent's, like, right hand, And I didn't really get it then, had I known, I would have played it better. But anyway, so I, I moved on and went to several different publications, um, you know, for, and each one was different. I mean, uh, I worked at Allure, I worked at Harper's Bazaar, I worked at, um, 17. And then I worked at Us Weekly, which is basically when I met you. Yep. Yeah. And And you were working for Us
1: Magazine at its height, at its height of everything. I mean, it was, I think, the most read publication out of anything.
0: Like even saying the most read publication, you know, it's like, what? Yes. Yes, but it it was. was. It was. There was no Instagram then. Right. Uh, There was barely an internet, you know. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, so all of my experience led me to that position which you know celebrity and fashion the marriage was so strong and um really really interesting and what everybody wanted to know you know they wanted to know you know did so and so got into a car wreck but she was in dolce and gabbana you know like i right, had to find right, out that's all they care yeah. gabbana. it was kind of it was great it was great it, it was any 10 inside years.
1: celebrity scoop any inside celebrity scoop that you guys didn't run that you know did they have oh, a hold on you
0: oh they There was tons we didn't run because, um, you know, legally, you know, we would get all of this information, you know, like my information would come as fashion information and that would be wedding dresses. So we would find out that so-and-so like Emily Blunt was going to wear Marquesa. And then I would have to run and and ask Marquesa, you know, do you have a comment? Is this true? What's happening? No, you know, that was my, that was part of my job in addition to doing the fashion pages, who wore it best, the red carpet in the front, so I had to really gather all of this stuff, Um, but, yes, we had to make sure that whatever it was that we were going to run, you know, like, so-and-so had a, one actor had, um, he was like the stylist for his wife, and he would um, set up a, they had a bedroom where they'd set up a runway and he would make her model the clothing back and forth. (laughs) For red cars. Who is this? We like
1: names. Tell me who this is. I can't, I
0: can't. Yes, you can,
1: come on. Who was it? That's so juicy. So he'd make his wife wear the clothes and model it as if it was a runway. And he would.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep, you have frozen, but yes. He just froze, but it's probably the air, the air. Um, it was somebody very prominent in Hollywood. Is someone very prominent in Hollywood?
1: Wait, sorry. we oh, it's okay, you just you're frozen. Back. Say that again, I missed it. Somebody I was frozen, very, the power went out. So now, yes. somebody very, very prominent, you're saying? Yes. And the husband was the stylist of the wife?
0: Yes. That happens a lot. That happens a lot. Um, what does? That a lot of the husbands actually you know, like to see their wives parade back and forth. I don't know if they actually have a runway set up in their bedroom closet, but, um, you know, I just know that, yeah. And a lot of, you know, filmmakers do that for their wives too, because, all right, so, but, you know, a little behind the scenes thing on why that's important. Um, You know, the one thing that you don't want is your celebrity, this is what I learned from my book, you know, you don't want your celebrity to go out and then her entire dress is completely see-through and then you see everything, right? So they, sh- they they have all these elaborate setups where they shine lights to make sure that you can't see. You know, you shine light on black to see whether or not it goes through the fabric because mostly it does. And so, um, you know, a lot of filmmakers, I think, do that kind of setup mm-hmm. where they, they, you know, they, they, they do the flashlight to make sure to see whether or not you're gonna have somebody who's, you know, because if you have a picture that becomes something like that where somebody's completely naked on the carpet, it's never forgotten. It lives forever. You froze again.
1: You talk about in the book. These are all the tricks you kind of learned about in the book, right?
0: That's right, that's right. I totally learned all of these things. from all these stylists and, you know, and then, and, and you know how life has kind of become a runway now. I mean, it's just, there's, there are no runways, like there are no, and there are no red carpets really anymore, just everybody's a star. So all of these types of things are so interesting and, you know, good to know, good to know now. Right. Right?
1: But hasn't it changed a little bit? Uh, hasn't it lost a little bit of luster? I mean, wouldn't you say?
0: Celebrities, the whole will industry. Never, celebrities will never lose luster, okay? Because you can go back to ancient Greece, you can go back to ancient Egypt, you can, you know, Nefertiti, I'm sure she was a big star, you know? Mm-hmm. I, Cleopatra, all these people. I mean, there were celebrities. And I think that all those, you know, hieroglyphics that are on the wall, that was like Us right. Weekly back then, come on that right. wasn't right. that wasn't like you know important stuff I mean they say that there's a lot of biblical but you don't think that there's gossip on the walls you know gossip back then and that at I
1: don't know what? go figure it out I want you to take it apart from me and bring it back to us. <laughs> I'd like but to I know I
0: think that you know with those right. types of people and you know there's so much emphasis always on what they wore and having yeah. looked and so I you know so we're, we're in a hold holding pattern right now. But the, the, the desire and the need to talk about celebrity, I don't think will ever go away. And right. glamour will never go away. So I just think that it needs to be reinterpreted for whatever this new world is that we're, but you know, we're always gonna wanna wear makeup. We're always gonna wanna wear clothes. At some point it'll come back. It'll come back in a new form. We just have to, you know, just embrace new. We needed it. I like that. I like
1: that. And you're good good at that. And I always liked your style because you always had this bohemian kind of chic thing, which I can tell from now you're still kind of into. And I always loved that. Yes. Yes. Your rings were always the size of cell phones and your earrings were (laughs) chandeliers. I loved it. Every time I would see you, you were always so glamorous. Like you walked the walk. You didn't just, you know, you didn't just style people. You walked the walk. You'd come into the shop and you would look exactly like an editorial for for all the stuff, which is what I love.
0: Well, when I came to your store, because it was, you know, it, I live in the west side. So to go to the east side, it's like a thing. And I always felt like if I'm going to go to your store, I'm going to bring it. Because, who, you know, the, everybody makes something for people like me. So I'm going to be the one that's going to wear all of this.
1: Right? Right. right. <laughs> yes. As but I also
0: like to mix, you know, I don't want it to all be one thing.
1: You know, I, I always
0: asked you, I was like, do you think this is gonna work with this? You know, is this boot, this Chloe boot? I, I, I bought that, it was this Chloe boot, I don't know if you remember, I'm sure you do, that just kind of like wrapped around the leg. And it had a heel. Of course, yes, okay? of course, yes, yes. Right? And I wore it. It was tr- that Grecian, so
1: that- it's, you always yeah. like that Grecian thing, I'm me mean, too. I always like it too, so when I see it on the runway, I always buy it for the store.
0: Yeah, because it's sexy, it's hot. And I so I it. wore, I think I wore a trench coat that day. And it worked, you know, the mixture, because the trench coat was neutral, the mixture of it, and then I added these and all of that, it it all kind of works together, because that's where we are. We're in an era of, like a real big era of personal style and how you put it together, because you can have all of the stuff, but you know, how do you put it together? That's what I'm always And that's at. where you
1: come in and that's where you come in and I've seen a lot of your work. I was actually, you know, looking at your work, what you've done for Watch Magazine particularly and you really I love your style and I loved Thank your you. editorial <laughs> on actually Cleopatra because that's always kind of my yes. thing. It's always been, I'm always consistent. And my daughter even makes fun of me because I dress her, you know, for either Halloween or a costume party, always in a Cleopatra thing. And she always looks great at, you know, she puts on the dangling coin earrings and the coin bib. And then we drive off and I'm so proud. I keep looking at her. When we get to the destination and I turn around, everything is off. She takes everything (laughs) off. I'm like, bitch, what's going on? She's like, I don't want anyone to tell me I look good. She doesn't (gasps) like the attention. She loves getting dressed up. But the minute we park, the earrings come off, the bib comes off, the armband Aww. comes off, and I just, yeah, and I just have to just let her be whatever, so but we, exactly. you know, it just, but every time she sees something, she gets that whole Ten Commandments when we watch it, she always says, yeah. you like that, you like that, and yeah, so she kind of, I like that look too, so we're that's on the always, same page with that.
0: Yeah, it's always good, I think that's always
1: good. Right, always what good. I like about what you do as well is that you mix the couture designers with H and M. So it's like yes. you give options for the way, so people don't have to just spend, let's say, twelve hundred dollars on a pair of earrings. You can, right, you know, right. you shop them. You show them. It, do you think that's where the reader is now gearing towards? Everybody kind of wants stuff because I'm finding that in my business too. The whole reader and the shopper is gearing towards. I think copies or less expensive.
0: Yeah, stuff. always. No, I think they always did. You know, I I think that they always when you had great merchandisers in stores we could, you know this is a conversation that you and i i think have on a on a yearly basis yeah. when they used to merchandise the stores they would do it kind of as looks they wouldn't do it necessarily you know and then that that went away when all of these people kind of died off and then everything became about the numbers so we yeah. need to go back you know but it's i feel like
1: there's... you're saying that i used to do that i used to i right. used i'm sorry continue no yes. no no i used to do that exactly I used to merchandise, not by collections, but by styles, by colors. The right. store would be beautiful up until one day, they were going to all pull the collections out of my store because they wanted it together. I almost put myself out of right. business because of that. Right. So you're exactly right what you're saying. Things have really changed.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then it became about numbers and then money. And anyway, I think I think what I learned when I got laid off from Us Weekly, which I did about six years ago, um, which was which was great because I was tired, you know, um, but.
1: Did it come as a shock to you?
0: Yes and no. I'd been there too long. 10 years, it feels like 190 years.
1: I bet. Um,
0: I knew that, yeah, it was good. It was over, they took care of me. I, I really, I really, I didn't have to work for a year. It was, it was great. I needed to readjust. Like, I, I hadn't had my life for 10 years and then, you know, because you're constantly on call on something Thank like you. that. Um, but what I learned being out of it, you know, um, was that you assume that everybody knows everything. You So you assume that everybody knows where to get this or how to put this together or whatever. And I had had held that knowledge for many years. I didn't get it. And then I finally got it that tips and, you know, ideas and whatnot were so crucial for women and men on how to put themselves together. And yeah, they have, you have all of this stuff, but it's like, what is the, what is the stuff that you need now? What can you take out of your closet that you can use over and over how do you reinvent yourself how do you you know not have to how do you um resale shop how do you find things that nobody else is interested in now and what what is the right thing so there were all of these questions that people were asking and you know so they so if you, if you wear neutrals and you can, you know, pump it up with gold jewelry. So that is a tip. That is The, the content in that alone, it feels so easy and effortless for us that for somebody who doesn't care or doesn't really know, that's like golden. So I was learning about all of that and it wasn't about the designers because what's real you know there's nothing realistic about an entire look from one designer where you know head to toe unless you you know have the means for it don't care can only shop that way and that's like what one percent so 99 percent of us are all clueless and we just need ideas one of the reasons why i love Going to the internet for ideas is that I can, I can type in Stella McCartney, because you know I'm obsessed with Stella McCartney's Creeper, right? So it's Stella McCartney Creeper shoe with jeans, street style. So that also is another thing, like how to put the right thing in a Google search, right? And then I can get 90,000 ideas of how to wear that as a person and go outside. And I feel like that has become what everything from the past um that has become m- my my tool
1: you know you always had a knack for knowing every single item out there and yeah you brought up stella mccartney i remember you coming into the shop and be like oh do you have this stella mccartney bag I don't, i'm just making this yes. with feathers i'm like oh yeah here's the one with feathers feathers and you said no 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 that has six feathers this had four feathers and I said you knew everything you knew everything out there I used used to drive me crazy and I'd be like well I think we have it I'd run into the back I'd get no not that one not that one I go through the lookbook I'm like I was at the show in Paris I right? should know I mean I I didn't have I such a I had a photographic memory but not you like you. Show me I had to show
0: you something.
1: I love I your to... closet back there.
0: Yeah well this is my shoe you know this is my shoe rack for um for this so you see this? Yes. So it's a fanny pack, but it's how fringe. Cute, yeah. It's Stella.
1: That is Stella, yeah. So
0: Are you a fan of Stella that?
1: because of the whole vegan thing or just because you like her aesthetic and her style?
0: No, isn't this just it's a fanny pack with fringe macrame in red? I Doesn't love that make it, it I mean, nuts.
1: <laughs> people still, I mean, people always come in. We still carry Stella and I still carry the chain bags and the Falbella. And people say, oh, is she still doing that? And I gotta tell you, I still like it. I still like Let that look. Let me tell look. you,
0: it's great. Can I show you something else? But I have to hop over the thing and hop get over, it. Hop
1: over, go. You bought okay. the macrame Stella bag for me, I remember. What was yes, it, Two, $2,000, $3,000 bag at the time? Yeah.
0: I asked you, please find the macrame Stella bag. Can you please see if that's anywhere in the world? And you did get it. And then for some reason, because sometimes I'm bananas. I actually didn't end up buying it from you. Like, that was very bitchy. Um, I don't know why. All right, look at this. I just got this yesterday.
1: Oh, I love that. You even just got that yesterday. You never stop. Nothing slows you down. Not hurricanes, pandemics, nothing nothing slows you down. I love it, that's beautiful.
0: And it's a fallabella.
1: Yeah. We're going to have to get, I know I still like the Falbella. We have to get photos of this to put it up on the richandlife.com website because we want to show people your aesthetic and your style and what you're picking out.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you.
1: So do people give you also free stuff as a stylist just to get you to to use there? They
0: used to. Now everybody realized that they can sell it for like a sample sale. So
1: whatever I
0: used to, whatever I used to get is no longer. That's okay.
1: It is okay, That's but doesn't okay. it bother you that they give it to celebrities? I mean, I know because I do. I have to give my shoes to celebrities, and I you know, know, not that I, not that I'm so cheap. I don't mind giving my stuff away, but I'm giving it to the most privileged people in the world. It, I know. It's like when did that begin? I have my theory. When do you think that whole giving stuff away began? Who well, started I think, that?
0: You know, before I got to Us Weekly, it had become. It started to become a thing because it was like an agreement. You get a great picture, and I'll give you. You know, uh, I'll, I'll get you this this bag, and I'll get you a Chanel bag. That well, I know that. Okay, so I know that the photographers are doing that in L.A. They would get somebody like, you know, the girls from High School Musical who were right. very very important for street style. So they wanted to get a great picture of them. But then you know the girls I think got smart, and then they just basically said, you know. Um, you know, sweeten the deal a little bit. So then they would buy bags. And, um, you know, suddenly they'd be walking around with Vuittons and Chanel's and da-da. And then I ended up having to call Chanel and Vuitton and I said, I thought you guys didn't gift. I thought you didn't gift celebrities. And they said, we don't, they don't. They, they, they mostly gift editors maybe influencers now but back then no no and it turned out that the photographers wanted a great picture and so uh and as as a gift they would get all these these bags and then it became just like something where they expected it
1: right and you can understand that I could understand it, but that's where I think it all went awry kind of and out of hand because suddenly every Upper East Side mom or every New York City mom, I mean, wanted to become a stylist. Everybody felt right. like, oh, it's a great way. I mean, I have great taste and they did. A lot of them had great taste, but you know, everyone just thinks it's so easy to jump into business just because you have great taste. You started this, right. um, this conversation off with saying you started off at the bottom. You yes. took your hits, you took your shit from what was her name again?
0: Marina Schiano. Marina.
1: That's right. I like, I like, I like for people to know, to Marina <laughs> Schiano. You took your shit from Maria and um, Marina and <laughs> whatever the fuck her name is. I don't whatever know. Whatever the fuck. But in other words, whatever, whatever the fuck it is, but you took your hits and you started at yes. the bottom, but so many people think they can just kind of bypass that and jump right to the middle. And it doesn't work yeah. that way. Well, it doesn't work that
0: way. you know, it doesn't matter now. Everybody's an expert. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, I used you're just to get being very, nice and
1: politically correct. I think you're just no, being I nice just, and politically correct.
0: I just used to get bitter about it, and now it's just like, who cares? But my old boss, another guy, a guy Paul Cavaco, said to me that a lot of people started to believe that they were experts just because they wore clothes, and I thought, wow.
1: <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah.
0: That nails it right there. Yes, it does. But that's it. But that's it. And I was making myself so crazy over all of this stuff that I just said, ugh, who cares? I don't care. Great. Good if for they you. Get, you know what? If they, yeah. If they can get it for nothing or whatever, all the power to you. I'm a little jealous, but good for you.
1: I don't care. Exactly. At a certain age, you 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 can't give a shit anymore. At a certain age, I don't give a shit,
0: and I'm alive, and that's all that matters. And everybody in this house is healthy, thank God. That's what matters. That's important.
1: Yep. That is what matters. I'm still going to buy this shit. Okay, but aside from what matters, yeah, exactly, but aside from what matters, let's go back to the negative stuff. I'm still back on the negative.
0: Okay, that's how we
1: Do you ever find, yeah, because, I mean, these are the things that bother me about the industry that we both kind of started out in during the height of its time. Yes. When people used to, when celebrities used to actually come in and buy their own shit instead of sending, you know, their, their, their stylists, you know, right. little girls coming in or calling you from their pajamas in their one bedroom saying, oh yeah, you know, I'm not going to name names, but whatever. Yeah. Blake Liley wants this, you know, Right. it's like, it, it changed so much. So what I was going to say is that, do you find that, the, is there an abundance of stuff out there? Just stuff. Forget about designers. It's great. Yeah. We have a billion designers back when I started Chucky's, there were a dozen designers. If you got right. one or two or three, we got a lot of them, but there were only a dozen. Now there are thousands of designers in the, you know, thousand dollar category of shoes. So it's like, and then the copies of it are, you know, it's like snowballs, copies of copies at every price point. So you can get the same look, let's say of a Chloe or Balenciaga sneaker. Okay. You get it at the, 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 the main price, the couture, then in the same season, because you know, everybody just takes a picture and sends it off to China. You see it in every store, like H&M, Zara, Sam Aldar, everyone's copying it at every price point. It loses, it's so diluted. It loses its respect, it loses its, I don't know, its cachet, it's, everyone becomes jaded. Nobody really wants to, you know, we used to have lists of people waiting online to buy stuff. You know, it's changed, it's not like that anymore. And do you find, does it bother you at all in any way? Or do you just work around it and there's more for you to choose from when you're styling?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's different. For styling, you always, when you're working with a celebrity, you always want something that's going to be, something that doesn't make them look cheap, okay? And cheap stuff can actually be better on a model, let's say, because they know how to work it better. Right. Um, So there are all these things that you have to keep in mind. I mean, I always know that when I'm working with a celebrity, I I really have to, and it's a different body than a model, so... I really have to make sure that whatever it is that we get is is you know really good, top of the line. I can't get the Valentino look, uh, you know, from blah blah, um, whoever it is, Forever Twenty One, and expect that that's going to fit the same way. You know that that's going to fit well. Um, but you know, the, well, you know
1: that's a big misconception, right? Isn't that a big misconception? You know, when people exactly. come in and see shoes, well, they see these, you know, whatever it was. I mean, there was a time oh. when Jimmy Choo was doing these beautiful high espadrilles uh, a long right. time ago. But I remember right. they were expensive. I mean, five yes. fifty at the time for an espadrille. And, you know, Steve Madden was knocking them off. But I remember right. people were collapsing. on. Uh, they couldn't walk. There was no right. balance. Right. There was no... Well, they, so like, right.
0: Well, okay. So a dress is different than a shoe. Right. Like a shit shoe, sorry. A shit shoe sucks. A shit shoe... Kills your feet, which does becomes an issue when you actually can't wear shoes to walk because you just realize that your feet are very important. <laughs> and right, um, right? I right. mean, you know, so the sh- the the shitty shoes, I mm. I get it, and that people don't don't care, but they're really doing great damage to their feet. But there are people that don't care, so. know what can you do I mean the thing that I what I don't love is when it's like a super trend the perfect example is what's going on with Bottega right now we really wanted the oversized Bottega woven sandal the flat one so I got it it is it is it's a masterpiece it's made so well okay from the bottom to the top to the inside when you slide your foot in and I kept looking at it and then I just, for this is for myself. And I just said, you know, Steve Madden or whoever, Schutz or whatever it's called, they're going to do H&M, Zara, they're going to do a version of this. And is that going to be a problem for me when somebody says to me, oh, is that Steve Madden? That bothers me. Like that makes me so crazy,
1: okay. But that goes to my point, Sasha. That's exactly what goes to my point. There is too much of everything. Yes. There's too much fashion, too much product at every price point. There's even too many stylists. It's like there's too much of everything. There's too many people. I mean, there's just too much. There's too much plastic. There's too much garbage. There's just too much everything. It drives me crazy. Like for me,
0: yeah, no, sorry.
1: No, 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 I was going to say for me, a great thing is just getting rid of kind of everything and just starting (laughs) from scratch, very minimal, just very minimal and just bring, you know, nobody's allowed to bring anything into the house. I mean, if I see anything new in the house here, I get crazy. Like, I don't want (laughs) to see new shit. And with kids, it's constant new shit.
0: Yes, yes. It's hard. It's hard. I think that, you well, so whatever I'm doing in terms of buying things, it has to be extremely special, like that crazy ass bag, because you're not really going to see anybody with a chain strap raffia bag um it has to be really special but there is too much stuff and i think that with this pandemic what's going to happen is a lot of these people are going to get weeded you know it's going to get weeded out it's going to get whittled down you're going to understand what actually you know what am i going to do with all these i mean i have all these heels i i actually ended up selling a ton of them because i i can't walk anymore i mean i've got like a brace on my knee right now Um, because I've got like inflammation, I think from wearing heels for 30 years. So I'm getting rid of all of that. And now, you know, now it's like, everything is, everything is this. Isn't this great? Yeah. Who is that? Celine. Celine.
1: Oh, Celine. That's so cute. Yeah. Very you.
0: It's from the town of Bedrock.
1: But you, you, I know it does look very Flintstones, um, that, that fabric you are very obsessed with things so you are the perfect person to be collecting beautiful yes who makes that i can't see Mew Mew. oh Mew Mew.
0: my favorite beautiful
1: um
0: you know yeah but it has to be really special it has to be really really special it has to be something that's close to sold out not available um but i think that that's like a nutty fashion editor, strange obsession. Um, You know, my stuff, like I can walk into a room of four billion pairs of shoes, and then I can walk out if I know, I can can spot it immediately, you know, Um, when I don't. Yeah,
1: you have a great eye. You have a great eye, eye. and I think the less popular it is, the more you want it, which is why you always ask me, do I have the bag that nobody in the country bought? (laughs) <laughs> You'll find no, the one I, in Galleries I, Lafayette in Paris.
0: <laughs> but I ask you that because I know in like a strange little way, you kind of like that. And you're also the guy that can get it. You know, that's different. I mean, I, you know, and I always no, challenge, I challenge everybody all the time. I even challenged Stella McCartney for that bag.
1: Like I asked them, <laughs>
0: I said, where where is this bag and they said it's not in our system you know bullshit and then and then and then i ended up my friend found it for me and then i ended up like actually emailing them back and saying well guess what i found it and i found it at this place you know farfetch.com okay right and um in italy it was it was found in italy yeah i like i think i like the challenge and i like to challenge you know, the buyers and, and, and the store owners like you and, um, right, just because, right, it needs to be the four feather one, not, not, not the six. Right. And I it think that's different. what makes you,
1: right. And I think that's what <laughs> makes you such a great stylist. That's what makes you such a great stylist, whether Nutty. it matters or not the four feathers, it, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that you're so specific in what you like and then yes. you, you're determined to get it and i think that's yes. what makes you such a great stylist Thank you know you. your point of view is really there it's just it's not like somebody's just bringing you and you're like okay i'll pick that just because it's there you're like no i want that so i do like that's what i love about your styling like I'm lazy now at this point and I always talk about it. I would love for somebody to just, you know, take my look and try to find it for me. So I don't buy anything anymore because I don't want to find it. I'm not going to try stuff on. I I like a specific fit. I have a uniform and I just like the same thing, but in different fabrics for spring, summer, fall, you know, different colors, always neutrals, but I just want the same thing and things have holes in them now. All my clothes practically have holes in them. Even my Tom Brown stuff. I don't know how they get holes. I'm the only person that puts holes in pants and shirts. I don't know. (laughs) From washing them to altering them. You wear them. You
0: wear it. That's why. I wear
1: it and I take them in within an inch of my life. So it's like with all the dry cleaning. Yeah, that's what happens. But it's like, I'm too lazy to do anything now. I'd love for somebody like you because you would like, you would do it. You would make sure you got me. I saw the guys you even styled with the beautiful fitted suit. There was one guy you styled with a beautiful fitted suit. I forgot it was a red suit. I forgot who made it. Oh, that was remember. a Tommy
0: Hilfiger suit. You know yes, who that guy exactly. was?
1: No, that who was he?
0: Guy, he is on uh, Star Trek on CBS. And he, his name is Ethan. and Yes, he, Ethan. Right. Ethan Peck. And his grandfather is Gregory
1: Peck. Oh, wow.
0: Get into that.
1: I mean, Get really, Ethan that. Peck, cool, but Gregory Peck, I mean, come on. Didn't you just want to talk about his grandfather the whole That would be me. I did. I'd want to know everything about his grandfather.
0: I did, Gregory he I and he didn't he want didn't. to. I bet he didn't.
1: I bet he didn't. He wants to just look good in the clothes, be silent, and, you know. He was great. What he he to was to great,
0: but he didn't want to. I mean, I was like, my tongue was on the floor. Right. I, I, I <laughs> bet he was even surprised. Wait, why was I, your
1: tongue on the floor? I want to know why your tongue was on the floor. Because he was cute. Peck. Oh, well, A Gregory
0: Peck, Peck, I can look at Gregory Peck all day. Okay. Yeah. And every, like from the omen to Gentleman's agreement, I mean, I can go, you know, and I think maybe he was also a little like, how does she even know, you know, who he is? I mean, I'm not 15, but like I was a little crazy because these are the type of people that it's like,
1: you know. So do they live up to your expectations Thank you for listening to part one of my interview with Sasha Charnin-Morrison. I hope you enjoyed it. Please check out part two for more on celebrities. Also, her favorite accessories and tips on how to reinvent yourself. As always, make sure to follow us on Instagram at richinlife and visit us at richinlife.com where you can hear the latest episodes and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Am I done?
0: You've been listening to Rich in Life with Rich Arani. If you liked what you've heard, click subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. Or visit us at richinlife.com. That's R I T C H in Life.com.